I brought my coaches with me. We're putting God first and believing that he's going to help us accomplish our impossible goals. I'm Melody Bateman. I'm a running coach, and I believe in letting the real you out. I'm Tracy Robbins-King, and I'm a creation coach. I am enthusiastic about helping people make incremental progress. And we're three peas in pod as we're entrepreneurs, runners, and podcasters. So there's going to be a lot of nerding out. Episodes drop Monday. We're here to introduce Melody Bateman. I was going to say your maiden name. Oh, you know, my maiden name is kind of all over the place too, so people call me Callister Bateman like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So Melody has been my running coach for, we're going on, we're almost to our two-year anniversary. It was like, Tracy, I don't know if you know this, but it was like two weeks before COVID that me and Melody met. And I just want to put this plug in at the very beginning for her because our mutual friend, Jill, had given me her um, number. And for those of you that have been listening to the series from the very beginning, one of my goals at the beginning of like the first season was to get a running coach. But then I started doing Roots Tech and I was so busy. And so Jill is like, oh, yeah, my friend, your number. And I was pissed because I was like, I was so busy with Roots Tech. It was like the week of the expo. I'd never done that before. And Melody like was so on it calling me. And I was just like, I just was like, I can't even talk to her. And then she was so persistent. And there's a part of me that was like, why do you have to be so persistent? I wanted to forget about this running coach thing. I definitely knew you were a little bit annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but then when we met, it was great. But I knew, here's the thing, I contacted a ton of running coaches before I like started doing Roots Tech, and none of them were persistent with me. So I knew that I needed someone that would like keep up on me. Because if you can't keep up with me to even like get me as your coach, what are you going to do when I'm running with you, you know? So that's my point for you. Right. Thanks, Steph. You know, and you know those, those like relationships where, you know, sometimes you get together with people and you're like, okay, we're just not vibing. We're just like, I don't think we were ever on the same page. And then sometimes you get with people and you're like, I feel like I've known you forever. Like, I feel like you know exactly what I'm saying. It's easy to talk to you. And I feel like we click like that right off the bat. I was like, oh, this girl is awesome. And in so I'm also a physical therapist assistant. And in PTA school, you're just taught all the time, like, make it all about the client. And you never talk about yourself. And you also like never become friends with your clients. Like keep that relationship really professional. So that was like very much like what I tried to do. But after I first broke time, down her walls, <laughs> of course you did, Steph. Yeah. Of course you did. <laughs> but after the first time we ran together, I was like, I want to hang out with her. <laughs> I was like, that she's awesome. We just really vibed. So. And I'm here we are. I know. So. I will say that Steph vibes with a lot of people. It's true. <laughs> Steph is a vibing human. Hey, she this is. is not about me. I know this it's not about you, but I still have to like me. give a shout out to the fact that you are. <laughs> yeah, we're allowed to put plugins for you too. <laughs> yeah, it's true, Steph. <laughs> if you want a good friend, <laughs> contact Steph. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I have a question, and maybe you have some questions too. But my question is, what is a habit? Mm-hmm. that you have successfully started and how mm-hmm. did you do it 
And what is a habit that was not productive that you successfully quit? And how did you do it? Oh my gosh, can I just say that I love that we are all podcasters? Like, you guys are already like, these questions are so great. Oh, this is so fun. I feel like half of this podcast is going to be us squealing into the microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a habit that I have developed that... Um, I, that is a good habit is exercising. Exercising has become a part of my daily routine, like showering or brushing my teeth. And it just doesn't feel right if I don't get my workout in for the day. And I have got to the point where it's like, I am really good at getting it in. Even if I have a really busy day, like I, I figured out how to get just that 10 minute workout in in the middle of the day or right before bed, or I, I get my workout in every day. Um, a habit that I broke. What about if I talk about one that I'm trying to break? Okay, eating late at night. My favorite thing is to watch TV at the end of the day and put some food on my lap and just eat some food and watch some TV. And I always feel really yucky the next morning. So what I'm trying to do right now is not eat past eight o'clock and I'm doing okay, but not perfect. And I didn't realize that that would be such a hard habit to break, but. Interesting. Do you like yeah. herbal tea? I love herbal tea. That is, I do herbal tea and Pero. Have you ever had Pero? So I've had Pero, but I don't like Pero, but okay. I, there's some really great herbal teas out there that can help to curb the desire for food at that time okay. of night. So that's just my recommendation that's I have, to tried, try I have tried like a specific herbal tea that's like specifically supposed to do that but I have this dandelion tea that I really love and then Pero. so that's what I've been trying to do so yeah, yeah. that's great I was just I, and also when you said the 10 minute workout mm-hmm. so if you haven't gotten in your exercise and it's eight o'clock at night mm-hmm. what does a 10 minute workout look like for you it, I mean honestly it depends on what I need like it depends on how I feel it depends how how the day was and just side note I don't believe in sacrificing sleep for working out I know a lot of people are like I'm gonna get up at four o'clock every morning and do my workout and personally if you can go to bed at seven or eight to get up before and work out that's awesome but most of the time if you're getting up at four o'clock in the morning to work out you're sacrificing sleep and that compromises your health too so I I never put uh, a workout before sleep but anyways uh if if I'm tired and sore and it was a really long day, sometimes it's just a 10 minute walk. Uh, if I'm feeling okay and really anxious and I like need to get my heart rate up, sometimes it's a 10 minute hit workout. It just is, it's kind of intuitive. Like what, what do I need? What did the rest of the week look like with working out and stress and stuff and such. So, and your body doesn't know the difference between like working out stress and life stress. So you want to make sure you're balancing that out. Hmm. Look at all the wisdom that we're going to get. And I think even just hearing you how you're like, exercise is part of my habit. Because sometimes, I mean, guys, consistency is still hard for me with running. Melody sees my stats. She knows it. And so, like, to hear that you really are that example that you do it every day. Like, and Tracy is a great example of exercising every day. I'm like, this is going to be good. Good stuff. It will be good. I'm going to borrow a question from one of our fellow podcasters, Chris Hallfield. He asks the question a lot on his podcast. I'm so like, what does your childhood, what did your childhood smell like? What did my childhood smell like? Okay, the first thing that's coming to mind, I don't want to throw 
anybody under the bus. That's a, okay. That's one scary thing with podcasting is I'm always afraid of saying something to offend somebody. <laughs> if I offended you 4 a.m. workouters, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Be offended I, 4 a.m. 4 a.m.ers. <laughs> um, boss is not even open at that time. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm thinking about my kitchen, and it's not the best smell. Uh, I. We did not clean a lot growing up and our the dishes in our sink were not often done. So I'm smelling the like old milk in my kitchen sink. That's what my childhood <laughs> smelled like. Snaps Give it some snaps for that one. Woo! We we just didn't clean a lot growing up. It doesn't mean anything about anyone. It's just cleaning just isn't some people's jam. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, no. And so, like growing up, was exercise like a big priority for you, or when did that become a big thing? It was. It always was. My dad does kenpo karate, and I watched him like doing his katas and kicks and stuff in the living room. And there's like home videos of me when I was like barely standing and like holding myself on the couch and I'm like kicking like dad. Um, so I just, I know I always saw dad exercising and I, I do feel like I'm just like naturally strong. And I recognize that from a young age, I was always stronger than my friends and I could like outrun the boys and I just love to move and I love that I could outrun all my guy friends and I just loved it. I just always loved exercise. That was always a big thing. And I think I joined Taekwondo when I was 12 and that was like a really, that was a big milestone because that's when I learned that I really love like testing my limits. And that's kind of what I became known for in Taekwondo. Like I was the one who like pushed harder than everyone else. And, and I just, I just love going to the dojo and, and I loved, like, at the end of Taekwondo, I would be drenched in sweat. Like, it looked like I just hopped out of the shower, and I loved it. Um, I don't know. I just have always loved it. What is kem- Kenpo? Kenpo. Yeah, yeah, will you tell me what that is? Mm-hmm. It's so American Kenpo Karate. It was founded by Ed Parker. It, it's like a pretty recent martial art. It's more of a street fighting kind of style. It's very practical. It's known for its, like, rapid arm movements we don't do a lot of kicking because kicks are just um impractical not not in every situation but it just makes more sense to keep both your feet on the ground so that's kind of a summary of kimbo that's amazing and then dojo mm-hmm. dojo is like where where you practice it's like your gym Oh, in karate world? In the taekwondo yes, world? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, oh, this is vocabulary. Yeah. I mean, it's just a gym. You just call it a dojo to sound cool. So. And you're a, um, do I want to say the black belt? I'm a first degree black belt. Yes, that's what I thought. What? Did you know that she teaches I a runner self-defense yeah. course? I did not realize that I that do. was, I've seen the pictures uh-huh. on, but I've just been like, oh, she just like helps people. Uh-huh. I don't know. I've never thought yeah. like she's an actual that's black belt. That's where my like, like working out started was in karate. So that's. Could you yeah. give me an idea of like a workout that you would have done mm-hmm. that you've done for karate? Like what does a karate workout look like? Like a Kempo 
Yeah, well, in in Kempo, there's lots of hitting the bags. I mean, there's so there's so many things. Something that I do right now at home is I have a, a kick bag, and I build different workouts. So I'll do different punching techniques and different kicking techniques. Sometimes I'll do like speed kicks. So I'll time myself for thirty seconds and do as many roundhouse kicks as I can. I'll do that once on my front leg, once on my back leg. Uh, again, different like punching techniques. So maybe I'll time myself for 30 seconds and I'll do some like roll punches as fast as I can. Um, another workout in karate could just be going through different forms in katas. So a, a kata would be, it's hard to explain. It's a whole bunch of techniques put together. It's like a technique would be like a right hand wrist grab. If someone grabs your wrist, how would you respond to it? And you just kind of do that in the air. And then you would put a whole bunch of those techniques together to build a kata. So I don't know if you've seen like in the movies, like you see the karate people, you know, do they have their stick and they're yelling and they're doing their all their karate stuff. And you're like, what are they doing? There's actually like a technique behind every move they're doing. So that's, and I like that because it's also an exercise for your brain. It's a lot of memorization and visualization. And I love that. This is very interesting well, to me. Because like that's <laughs> the thing is, so you have your black belt, mm-hmm. you're a PT assistant, you're a certified massage therapist, mm-hmm. and you're a running coach. So like you have like all these areas that all work together, which is really cool. I love the body. I love forms. I love. I just love body movement. So anything that involves the body and movement, and I just love it. So. So interesting. Now, in regards to movement is clearly always been important to you mm-hmm. and something that you saw modeled mm-hmm. in your home as well. Um, my question is, for your own family, mm-hmm. your future family, what do you want your kids to see from you? What, are they, what do you want them to learn from your example? I want them to learn resilience and yeah, resilience. Like I want them to work hard and push themselves. And I want them to know that they can do anything that they set their mind to anything. And I, I believe that anyone can do anything that they set their mind to. And I say that all the time. And a lot of people are like, well, what if someone with no legs wants to run a marathon, you know? And, and I always say, well, they can do it. They just have to adapt. They just have to do it maybe a little bit different than other people. And I really believe that with some creativity and resilience, you really can do anything. Well, and so you and your husband, Jacob, mm-hmm. ran a hundred marathons. So that's another thing that you have on a hundred marathons, a hundred. Okay. You, so <laughs> I was like, you did a hundred marathons. No, we're not. Wait, this is like, <laughs> so you, but like to add to your list, you and Jacob in 2020, your race was canceled and you guys, not only started a podcast that year to document your journey, but you created your own course and you finished a hundred mile race. I saw them in mile 80 and I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I ever want to run a hundred miles. And you guys are like so happy still and everything. I'm like, I would be dead. Steph was our biggest cheerleader on our hundred mile race. She really gave us so much life. The reason we were happy when we saw you is because we saw you and we were like <laughs> a human with water and eyes. <laughs> it was also the whole run was above. It was like 97 degrees, so hot. And it really was a fun adventure to map out the course and, and plan that with my husband 
and we learned a lot from it. There's just something, this is what I'm passionate about, you guys. There's just something about taking yourself to what you think is like your end range of your limits. Like they're just, oh, there's just something so amazing about pushing yourself like that and realizing like you could do it. And then this is the cool thing about it is after you take yourself to your limits and you accomplish this thing you never thought you could accomplish, this is always what happens. Oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm-hmm. I could do more than that. And then you do it again and you do it again until all of a sudden you are just doing these big, amazing things. And you look back and you're like, wow, my you know 15 year old self would be so proud of worrying right now. My 15 year old self would have no idea that this is what would happen, you know. And that's a good feeling. That's an amazing, yeah. that's an amazing uh, reflection on your own life experience. I, there's this part of me that's like, not everybody wants to push themselves to that point. They don't want to push themselves physically. But what have you learned by pushing yourself physically? I've learned that I can do anything. I set my mind to. And I, I've learned that... I am filled with potential and everyone is filled with potential, like more potential than we can even comprehend. And we just need to learn how to tap into it and we can do amazing, amazing things. You've talked to me before about what it feels like when you get to mile 90 Mm -hmm. or when you're on a really, and there's like this out of body experience where you Mm -hmm. can actually like see yourself almost, you can almost from like an upper position, you can see yourself running down the trail, but it's like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. Can you describe that to us? Yeah, there's one time in particular where it was like really, I was like, whoa, this is like really surreal right now. It was during our 100-mile training, and we were on this long stretch of road. It was a dirt road, no hills, just super flat. And we'd been running for like four or five hours, and I just remember, like I looked down at my legs, and I was watching my legs run but I wasn't in my legs. Like I just was watching myself run and I didn't feel anything. It was like I was floating. Like it was just the weirdest thing ever. And I didn't feel any pain. Like I didn't feel anything. And I just remember like watching myself run. And I was like, this is really cool. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, are you inspired to run a hundred miles now? miles. I mean, maybe your, your big thing is like one mile. Maybe running isn't even your thing. Everyone has their thing and you can push yourself and take yourself to your limits in lots of different ways. But the thing I love about that experience with you and Jacob is like, that's sort of like the start of your relationship. And I feel like this is, this about you is all over the place because we're just like talking where normally it's like, tell me about this, then tell me about this. But we're just like, it's one messy pop because yeah. it's better that way, right? Like, yes. <laughs> like <the laughs> formal. Um, but with you, Jacob, when you first met, he was your boyfriend when you started training for mm-hmm. a race, right? Yeah. Yeah, we met in 2018 and we both were like recreational runners. We both liked fitness and just kind of did it to be healthy and both were running about 10, 15 miles a week. And I had these free bibs to run the Morgan Valley Marathon and I could drop them down to the half marathon. And I just didn't think like Jacob and I are ready for a marathon, but I asked Jacob, I was like, Hey, I have these tickets to 
this marathon, but I don't think we can do a marathon. How about we drop down and do the half and we could just, you know, have a, this, do this fun date together. And Jacob's like, no, let's do the marathon. And I was like, I was also in PTA school at the time. So I was drowning in homework and classes. And, and I was like, we just don't have the time for it. And Jacob's like, no, let's do the marathon. And he just was like, no, we're going to do it. Like he just made up my mind for me that we were going to run the marathon. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm signing up for a marathon. And so um, I signed us up. I built a training plan. It was an eight-week training plan, so we didn't even train a lot. Um, although we did have like a base underneath us already, but so we trained. We did all of our long runs together, and we went and ran the marathon. And we kind of funny story. I actually took a wrong turn in my marathon and ended up running 28 miles instead of, instead of 26. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that those two extra miles, that's killer. I just, I think it's kind of funny because I'm like, not only did I know that I would turn into an, like an ultra runner, mm-hmm. like my, even my first marathon was like an actual, it was an ultra race, yes. you know? I'm also, I'm notorious for getting lost on race courses because my brain is always somewhere else. Um, yeah, and then we got married and the following year we wanted something to challenge ourselves and so we were like what if we signed up for a 50 mile race like it just excited us so we signed up for a 50 mile race we trained for it we went and ran it it was amazing and then the following year we're like well we got to do 100 now so we signed up for 100 it was canceled and like you said we were already in the middle of our training we we really had our hearts set on it and you were like you were a big part of this you were like you were next to us throughout this whole thing. I remember telling you like, I don't know what we're gonna do if we're just gonna do it next year. Yeah, because you had done all the training and yeah. like that was a lot of work to do your course. Yeah, so we we were just like, it was also COVID year. We, mm-hmm. we had a little extra time. So we're like, let's just map out our own course and do it. And honestly, for me, Jacob, 2020 was like the best year of our lives. It was awesome. And now we're hooked and I will forever be an ultra runner because it was the best experience ever. I remember because so, I interviewed them for Notable Peeps after and I remember you guys saying that you like loved the planning like that like you guys were sort of sad that that planning and that training was over because it was like every night you would just sort of map it out which was sort of mind-boggling to me because I'm like I think I would be like phew it's over but I think that just shows like the passion and love that you guys had for this thing and to put on something that you had to put on an event you had to find volunteers to do everything like I mean I think a lot of runners experience this I think a lot of people experience this where you have this big goal and then and everything you do is about this goal and then all of a sudden it's over and it's awesome that you hit it but then this thing that you've been nurturing and taking care of for so long it just is like gone like I I don't have kids and I don't know what it's like to raise a kid and then let a kid go off to college but I kind of compare it to that like you Mm -hmm. raise this thing then all of a sudden you let it go and it's just kind of sad to watch it go and we've I actually experienced that experienced that this year too with our big race I feel like it happens at the end of every year like we we train all year for this big race and then it's over. And then it's just kind of like that season is gone, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like moving on to the next grade. Like when you're done with 11th grade, it's like those classes are gone. Those teachers are gone. Those friends are gone. It's time to move on to the next thing. And it always is kind of like a, a bittersweet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in, in Child 100, that was like one of the biggest things that either of us had ever done. 
and we did it together and it just it was hard to see it go the thing is i'm listening to this and it's just blowing my mind over and over again because i just grew up in an environment where i was taught to moderate like moderate moderate don't go to extremes like mm. be moderate because these extremes are things that can damage us right so i'm curious how you would respond to that because i think my perspective would be like 100 miles is extreme mm -hmm. right but maybe that's just a mindset thing and it's not really the reality i say go big or go home my life is i feel like the beauty of life is the extremes I feel like you could either stay in the middle and kind of stay stable all the time, or you can feel the highest highs, which also means feeling the lowest lows. But I think it's worth those high highs. I think life is so much beautiful when it's all over the place, when you're feeling all of the extremes and you're seeing all of the colors and you're experiencing all the things and tasting all the things. And I feel like that's what we're here to do is to experience the full spectrum of life. And I think the way to do that is to go to the extremes. That's an interesting perspective. That's definitely mm -hmm. different than the home in which I was raised, which is also a good thought for me. I think it's kind of like, how do we leave our comfort zone and do it in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. I think there is a way to do it healthily instead of doing it like in an unhealthy way as well. Totally. And, and I think, I mean, everybody's different, right? Everyone needs to find out what, what works best for them. And... For, for me, it's always been the extremes. I've always been a really big feeler. And I, I always, like when I'm happy, I'm really happy. When I'm sad, I'm really, really sad. And I used to think that, man, I need to figure out, like, I gotta find a middle ground here. But I realized like, no, this is just who I am and I'm gonna embrace it. And I love being all over the place. That's beautiful. I really appreciate that a lot. I'm curious what has been one of your low lows and how have you come out of it? Or how did you like? How did you uh, embrace the low? Mm, that's a really good question. We're getting really deep here. So I'm actually glad that you asked. I really wanted to bring this up in the podcast at some point. I didn't think in the first episode, but we'll go there. <laughs> so, um, I'm a really big mental health advocate. Personally, there's a lot of mental health issues in my family. I grew up with a wonderful, wonderful mother who struggled with depression and it, it affected the family. And uh, I've also struggled with uh, depression and anxiety and was diagnosed with ADHD this year, which was the best thing ever. I'm still learning how to talk about it. I'm still learning how to talk about it. But anyways, right. I'm passionate about it. And I just, I want people to get help and know that it's normal. Anyways, so um, I've had some lows with depression. Um, in this year particularly, it was probably uh, one of the hardest years for me uh, with depression and anxiety. And the way I got out of it was by realizing um who who I am and setting some boundaries and I left a job that I was at and I decided to start my own business 
And I still am kind of in the process of getting out of this really well, low spot. She was one of the business owners at your last place. Mm-hmm. So like she was already an entrepreneur. Putting yeah. that plug in for thanks, you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um yeah, I just I I just finally stood up for myself, I guess, and and I finally did what I wanted to do instead of trying to please other people and doing what other people wanted me to do. And that's made a really, a really big difference. So that sounds like you're listening to yourself. That's so great. Yeah. That's such a victory. What a huge victory. Congratulations on making those choices that are letting you have a, a more fruitful life as a result. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I think it's been cool to watch you progress because, like, Tracy, I think I've told you this before, but our runs, like, it starts out where Melody will ask me about my week with running. And, you know, I'm always like, like, we got to get stuff out of We get through that. And then, like, it's like nerding out about, like, podcasting or reels or, like, whatever. But to see you be able to grow on your own. And I think I was actually talking with Chelsea, who's, uh, and, Chelsea's probably okay that I give her name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who um, is, uh, uses Melody as her coach as well. And we were actually saying, um, I, I should pull up the text, but she's like, you know, Melody going out and doing her own business, she's like, it. she's a lot more direct. She's like, sometimes she's like, man, like, that's good that she's being more direct, but like, she's like, I didn't realize how bad I needed that, you know? And I think that that's the thing, like, we're, so Melody told me at the beginning of this year, she's like, okay, you have to pass these races and you can't advance. And with the pace that you're going right now, you probably won't be able to do a marathon this year. And I was like, I'll show you. And she's like, I hope that you do. She's like, but just your pattern, if you're only getting in this amount, you're going to be able to get that. And like, I, and all the fun things that you're wanting to do, it's just, you're really thriving. I feel like as a coach, because you don't have to talk with these two other business partners and get their ideas. You're just able to go with your own and brand everything and do everything that you've been wanting to do. And so as someone that is using you as my coach, it's been like, you were already a great coach before, but seeing you be able to flourish and do whatever you want, it's like helping me too. Oh, that makes me so happy to know that it's like affecting other people too. So to hear that come from you and from Chelsea makes me so so happy just another little confirmation that it was the right thing to do so thank you <laughs> no but it's so true because i was telling her i was like i because one of the things that melody's having me do this week is she's like you have to tell me who you're running with every day what time you're running because <laughs> that's the way that i run is if i go with people so i told chelsea that so she can be running buddy and, she, and she's just like yeah dang like melody's like really like you know, whooping us hard, but we need it, you know, like, which is great. So people need coaches. Yeah, people need coaches, like 100%. If you really want to do something, you need a coach, you need somebody and that might be somebody you pay for. And it might be somebody you don't pay for. But until you make the investment in somebody who's going to hold you accountable for something, most the average person needs a coach. And I am average. (laughs) And I know this. I know that you need people to hold you up to things that you really want, but that you know what? You have a natural man. You have a natural woman. And you really have to be super aware of that natural woman Mm -hmm. because she is going to come out whether you want it to. Like whether you want her to come out or not, she is going to show up. And so I think that that's 
it's wise to know mm-hmm. yourself well enough to know the limitations. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. every single person has different goals. Yeah. It's all dependent on your goals. But I'm just saying if you have specific goals, they're like, I'm never going to get there unless something massive happens. It's like, that's when you need a coach. You know, you need somebody to come in and kind of kick you. Right and I feel like you do it very kindly too. Like, it's not like, I feel like you work with people and what they need. Like you sort of found what works for me mm-hmm. and that's what I appreciate, you know? And I've had so many friends that I haven't, I haven't pushed you on anyone, but I have people come to me all the time. Like, Hey, can I get your running coach's number? Because they see oh. that you're good. You're such, thank you so much for for just helping me out there. You're so awesome. Yeah, Melody's amazing. I mean, I don't know if this episode has shown you how amazing she is, but also I went hiking with Melody up in Ogden. um, And I, the thing that like stuck out to me first off was that she like could climb the mountain, like nothing was happening at all. (laughs) That was one thing that I was like, I'm like breathing really hard here. And she's just like, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, whoa. Okay, this is a different level for me. And then two, she was so she is so cognizant and kind she is just so genuinely cognizant and kind of other people which i just feel like in a world where we can be less than those things especially with like situations i think it's easy to dismiss things or whatever but i just feel like you're very very kind and cognizant which I feel about like that's just so beneficial to your marriage and so many other things in your life but that's something that really stuck out to me so melody's amazing you guys thank you guys i don't know what to say <laughs> i just feel so much love and appreciation right now thank you you're welcome <laughs> yeah you're well amazing. i want to talk a little bit about your business because you're wearing your pine tree earrings so tell us about pine tree running why did you choose the name what's your like mission who are you wanting to like to help so pine tree running i chose pine tree running at first because i really wanted to brand it with like mountains and trails because that i've that has always been a constant in my life when i'm confused about who i am and what's happening I can always say, I love God, I know God loves me, and I love the mountains. So I wanted to brand it with like mountains, and I love pine trees. And then I started thinking about pine trees, and I feel like pine trees are a great symbol of strength and standing tall and being yourself. And my tagline is find your strength. And by that, I have kind of touched on that in this podcast, but I believe that we all have unlimited strength inside of us and we just have to learn how to tap into that strength and then we can do anything we set our minds to. So it's just pine tree running is about finding that strength and being like a strong, firmly rooted pine tree. So that's that's kind of where the name came from. And my target audience, um, I you know, I'll, I want to help anybody who wants to, to make changes and, and learn how to run. My kind of target audience is uh, female runners who who want to make a difference um, and change things in their life. So, and I've always wanted to be a coach. I've just always been passionate about that. I really love the idea of like helping helping other people and, and being a guide. And it's something I love and I'm really passionate about. And I, you know, anytime you love something and you're passionate about something, you want to share it with other people, right? So I'm really excited to to share my knowledge and my passion with other people who who are interested in it, who want to learn about it, who maybe they don't know that's their passion yet. And this is, you know, I'm happy to help them 
realize if it's their passion or not, or people who are already passionate about it, if they want to learn more about it. And I want to create a community of people who are going to help strengthen each other and cheer each other on and a community of people who have similar interests of running in the mountains. So that's a little bit about Point Tree Running. Can I just zoom in on your earring? Yeah. Show those off. Look how cute. Aren't they so They are cute? actually adorable, I'm everyone. They are so cute. These are actually, I actually bought a ton of these earrings and I do a little awards program. So like when you when you do your exercises and you do your little homework assignments and little homework assignments, when you do your homework assignments and you get points. Intervals, which I hate, but I you know, know they're good. <laughs> <laughs> then you can like, I'm gonna like pass out their giveaway earrings for every few weeks, whoever has the most points will like the earrings. I have fun swag and stuff, but anyways. I love these things. <laughs> I just want to point out that I think that a lot of times people get intimidated because they hear running coach and they think like, uh, like I'm not like an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. And Melody has worked with athletes that are just trying to shave a second off their time. Like that was when you were at your other place, that's like, like who you guys worked with, right? Mm -hmm. But you're wanting to work with people that like they're just trying to get off the couch, you know, like people that are just up bettering themselves. And so you don't have to be like a big athlete. Like it's just, if you want to run, she's your gal. And I feel like you're not intimidating. Like I was nervous. I was so nervous for our first appointment. I didn't know what to expect. Like I just, I wanted to back out because it was out of my comfort zone. But then I got there and I was like, oh, this is fun. And ever since I've never, I've never like not wanted to go running with you. And we both like drive a distance to get to each other because I'm down in Utah County, she's in Weber County, but like, I don't care because it's just our, our run that I get to go enjoy myself. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that I'm not super intimidating. <laughs> she's amazing. Also, what would it look like for somebody who mm -hmm. wants to, for example, like what is Steph's running plan? Like, can you, could you give us an idea of like how you kind of create a training plan yeah. just so that people have an idea of like what it would look like if they came to receive your services? Totally. Do you care if I use like no, you your training plan as, as an example? So I have an Excel sheet where it's an, a shared Excel sheet. So client can edit and I can edit. And what I do is I build out your training plan for two weeks at a time. And well, actually back up, I build out your full training plan. So let's say you have a goal to run a marathon in six months. So I'll build out kind of a tentative six month plan and then I'll give you specifics, uh, like a more in detail plan two weeks at a time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. In case you don't do your runs, she changes it. So what she adjust. tells me. Yeah. <laughs> <Staff>. <laughs> <laughs> because life happens, yeah. you know? And, Nobody, nobody in the world is going to stick to your, per like perfectly to a six month training plan. Things are always going to change and things are always going to come up. So I try to leave a lot of room to be able to adjust and adapt uh, for when things happen. Um, and then uh, I've created some, I haven't given these to you yet, but I've, I've created some strength training plans and some injury prevention, performance improvement plans that would also be like interweaved throughout your program. And I build programs for any time of the season. So I can build a program up to two years. So let's say like in two years, you have a goal of running 50 miles. I can show, I can help you train for a 50K one year, help you train through the off season to prepare you for the following year and then 
get you to your 50 mile race the following year. Because that's something that I really struggled with um, in my running is I would train for a race. You know, I would make a six month training plan for myself. Then my race was over and then I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to, what to do in the off season. I didn't know how to recover and I didn't know what, what was the best thing that I could do then to prepare for the following year of training. So I've built my program in a way that I could keep you moving all year round. So you know what to do every stage of the training cycle. So if I were going to go running today and mm -hmm. I wanted to like shave off some time off of a 10 K, for example, mm -hmm. um, what would you do? Would you say like you run on average, if I'm going to do like a six mile race, mm -hmm. 6.2, what are you going to, are you going to tell me to, to do, are you gonna have intervals twice a week? Are you, mm -hmm. do you do distance runs? Like what, what kind of is like the ratio in a week? So first I would get a lot of information from you to figure out your background, what you're running right now, what other forms of exercising you're doing. I built it in a way so I can like tailor make each program to each person because everybody has such different needs and is in such different places. And I feel like there's a lot of, like anyone can go to Google and get a marathon training plan, but this marathon training plan for I don't know, Sally McRae is, is it going to be, Oh, Sally, <laughs> she's like my ultra running idol. Um, it's like a average person is not going to have the same training plan. Right. So anyways, I'd get a lot of information from you. And then depending on the information that I get from you, I would build it for you. And I also would ask you what your schedule is like. So uh, we could build it around your schedule. How many days do you have to train? When do you usually train? How many hours a week do you have to train? And kind of the general rule of thumb is most of your exercise is slow, easy running to build a strong foundation. And then we build on top of that foundation with sprint work, with strength training. I believe that all runners should strength train, uh, especially for injury prevention. It's so good for performance improvement as well. And like I said, I, I have programs specifically built for injury prevention. I, like we mentioned before, I'm a physical therapist assistant and I've worked with uh, rehabbing and um, preventing injuries with runners. Uh, so I would throw in a lot of that because a lot of runners get injured. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, that does. It's yeah, really yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah, basically tailored to you and your needs. Yeah. So. Well, and can I just say what I love about with that is that, um, so when I used to run, I thought that like to get a good workout in, I needed to be beat and like hate it the whole time because I'm running way too hard. And Melody has taught me to run in my heart rate zones. So instead of even on my watch, like putting in like the distance, I just always have it in my zone. So that's all that I'm watching. So instead, like, it just takes things away and it's like, cause I used to be like, oh my gosh, if you have to walk during it, you're a pansy or whatever. But sometimes if my heart rate goes high up a hill, then I have to start walking. So it's just, it made things more enjoyable and the tailor made, like you said, anyone can go to Google. Like, it's really nice that you have all the expertise, um, so that I won't get injured, you know? And cause you know, you can go and be, find a running plan that is like, oh yeah, you can train for this race in three months, but that's not really like the healthiest path. And so Melody's always telling me like, we're on the long course. This is going to take longer. But when she trains me to qualify for Boston, 
like that I'm not going to be dropping dead at the end. I'm going to be feeling great and that I can continue. You see like some of the best athletes in the world, they'll get first place in this really big prestigious race and they'll cross the finish line and they're not even breathing hard because they have that strong foundation, you know? So, I mean, would you rather cross the finish line, like pass out and have puff, or do you want to cross the finish line feeling strong and good, you know? And I, I think a lot of people have found running enjoyable once they stop trying to kill themselves every mm-hmm. time that they run and they have slowed down and just enjoyed it. That's when I learned to love running. I actually hated long distance running for a long time until I started slowing down and going at a more appropriate pace and, and then just occasionally sprinting. And that's when I learned to like it because you just feel better. Well, and you've worked with tons of people like in high school that are in track that I remember you saying that they would be like, I feel so dumb, like having to walk because their heart rate was higher and everyone's like sprinting past, but then they would kill people in the races, like not literally, but like with their <laughs> um, because they were so much faster and people would be like, what in the world? How did you get that speed? That speed? Yeah, that happens a lot. You can, you can tell the difference. I don't, trying to be careful here. You can tell the difference between like a novice and an elite athlete when, the novice is the one who's like, I'm just going to go out as hard as I can every single time. And I'm just going to push, push, push. And I think um, you could parallel this with a lot of things in life of like, I'm just going to hustle and I'm just going to push as hard as I can and everything that I do. And I'm going to try to be the best when really you've got to like slow down and work, work smarter, not harder, mm-hmm. you know, like, like use your brain and figure out how to do this in an efficient way instead of like running yourself into the ground because eventually you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to burn out. Well, that's the thing that I watched a lot of people as a, as a high school runner and a collegiate, you know, runner. I feel Mm -hmm. like what I watched is I watched people injure themselves over and over. And I was like, you don't listen to your body. Like I just would watch so many people be like, why don't you listen to your body? Your body keeps on trying to tell you. And then you push past it and then you get further injured and like you're injured for further. You are injured in a worse way, why didn't you listen when your body was already trying to signal to you that you were doing things that it wasn't liking? And so for some reason, I felt like it was beneficial to me that I was like, I'll stop. I don't need to do that. That's not necessary. And I didn't get, I never got injured, but I only got injured because a horse laid on my leg. But other than that, I was like, (laughs) you know, so like other than that, no problems. Anyway, but I'm grateful you talked about that because I think for myself, I've had a really negative perception of running, but mostly because I felt like I just like was always in pain. I mean, and there, there kind of is a lot of that pressure in the running world of just like push it and be, just go really hard. And I love pain. Yeah. That's kind of the mindset that you feel like a lot of these people yeah. and that's cool for them, but it's Which, not like the average person's going to be like, yes. Right. Well, and, and that mindset can like it it can take you places. You just need to find a good balance and you need to decide is hurting myself right now worth it, you know? And, and if it is, it's amazing what you're, what you can do, you know? Yeah. Um, but most of the time it's not worth it. Take care of yourself. Mm. You know, I'm like sitting here just thinking, I mean, we could go on forever chatting. Um, but I want to, and by wrapping up with one question, and this might be out of your comfort zone, go for it. But tell us about being a sponsored athlete, because I know that this is one of your goals. But tell us your like, yeah. tell us your honesty with this of okay. like, yeah, 
I like I like this. I, I believe in like manifesting, yeah. like throwing the dream out there, right? So my dream is to be a sponsored athlete. I want to get paid to run. Even I mean, even if I was the best runner in the world, I'm not gonna get paid a lot of money because there's not a lot of money in ultra running. But I just I wanna be paid to run. Um the reason I guess these are these are like my doubts and my fears mm-hmm. with it is I was not a college athlete. I guess I have in my mind that you can only become a sponsored athlete if you like went to college. Because I, I hear like the background stories of sponsored athletes that I admire right now who all ran in college. And I'm like, I never got that experience. Um, so that scares me. I also have in my mind that I'm too old to become a sponsored athlete. Which you're a ripe 25. 25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does she know the ultra runners are best when they're in their like 35, 40 range? It's true. So, so I know like, like maybe this is the perfect time. Maybe mm-hmm. it is the perfect time to build up and I, and I can get there. But I don't know, for some reason I see these like Olympic athletes who are like, they reach their peak at 16 to 20, but then I'm like, okay, but they're not ultra runners. It's totally different, but. Amen. Very different. You know, but, Slow twitch muscles take years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I, anyway, so that's. But it's know, fear. We, we acknowledge the fact that. No, we, yeah, we acknowledge yeah. Tracy's like, no, no, <laughs> just kidding. No, you <laughs> can't. No, that isn't. I, I acknowledge. Very yeah. good stuff. Thanks for validating her. <laughs> so and then I just didn't it just is scary to say this is a big goal and then what happens if I never get there but I I've said this before I am a big believer in like setting really really big goals and then if you maybe you don't get that goal but you get further than you would have if you had never set that goal in the first place right so that's my goal is to become a sponsored athlete and what I'm doing right now is I'm I'm taking my training seriously. I'm, uh, you know, I'm working out every day and I, I have a program that I stick to, of course, listening to my body as well. And then I have a list of sponsors that I, or possible sponsors, brands that I really mm-hmm. love. And I'm trying to post on social media. Um, I applied to be an ambassador for all of these brands this year, whether I get any of them or not. It's just kind of my way of saying like, hello, I exist. I'm trying to build up my social media profile, um, getting my business going. So I, I have a plan. I have like a 10 year plan of how this is going to happen. So my, my first goal. <laughs> 10 year plan. I love it. <laughs> You guys, Melody Bateman, it started here. We're just right. kidding. I didn't start. Here. We're your mind and Tracy's age. We're just gonna be all like set with everything. I know. No, we'll be like, we knew her. She was on our podcast. Which is crazy to think that we're because we, it's never like, oh, you're younger or anything. But I'm like, you do have the time to get yes. stuff done. I forget that there's age gaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I forget. <laughs> You know, so. I'm only scratching 11 years older than her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the goal. My number one step is to get on the ultra elite team. So I want to run 50 miles in eight hours. That's the qualification for it. So wow. that's what I'm, that's like my number one focus right now. So that's fast it's really for a fast. long time. It'll be a few years. Yeah, <laughs> we'll that's see. exciting. Yeah. What a great goal. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. And I know I said that was going to be the last question, but I thought of another one because we just decided today, and Melody was so great as we were like discussing, she was like, hey, we should say a prayer, you know, like, 
And we were like, we really want to put God first with our goals. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to ask you, because I'm like, if this is our goal, we need to talk about God sometime during this podcast. So tell us a little bit about why you want to involve God with your goals or your relationship. This is really good. I'm formulating lots of questions for you guys. Okay, so I mentioned to you guys earlier that I kind of have been struggling in my spirituality, and I really haven't included God as much as I should. And so one thing that I'm doing right now is I'm trying to put God first by getting up in the morning, saying my prayer before anything else. And I'm trying, I have not been super successful at this, but my goal is to read my scriptures and write in my journal every morning before I work out and before I do anything else, because I realized I'm like, I I have time to get my workout in every single day. Why don't I have time to put God in every day? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to show God that he's more important than my workout by praying and reading my scriptures and writing my journal first thing in the morning. That's beautiful. Keep doing it. Okay, I will. I will. I need you guys to hold me accountable. Now you know my goal. That's awesome. But I, I do, I love that, that, that today you were like, hey, what's your purpose? So the, the way that we were going with our whole theme of things was different. And then it just like, it really changed things. And I think that that's a big deal with like these big goals that you want. It's like, because I was just thinking about it um, the other day. I was like, God is so powerful. You know, if he can help Moses part the Red Sea, if he, because I saw this nativity story, you know, and I was like, if he can make a baby <laughs> a virgin birth <laughs> with Mary, I don't even comprehend that. It's like right. he can help us with our goals. Yeah, and, and here's the thing with including God. I think I don't think it's the only way to reach your goals, but I think when you include God, he will he will get he will help you become the person that you want to become. And Let's say, let's say, like, this is my goal to become a sponsored athlete, and I decide to include God, and then maybe God is like, you're going to be happier on this path. Maybe it's not being a sponsored athlete. I believe that he's going to take me where I'm supposed to be and where I'm going to be the most happy. And I think if we put our trust in God, he's going to take us to our top highest potential where our talents can be magnified, where we can help the most people, and where we will be the happiest. So I think that's why it's important to include him. Mic drop right there. And we're out. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we're out, I just want to give a plug for you. So if you've been listening and you're like, okay, I want to try Melody as my running coach. And maybe your goal is to even run a half a mile. Maybe that's your goal. Maybe it's just to run a quarter of a mile. Maybe it's to do a 5K. I'm just putting it as low as it possibly can. Like, give her a call. I don't know if you want to give out your number, your email, what do you like? Sure. Okay. So you can call 385-314-1018 or you can email me at pinetreerunning at gmail.com. And follow you? At the Pine Tree Runner and at Pine Tree Running. And guys, she's taken. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Tracy. (laughs) Mic drop right there.